This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. I'm so excited. Today's a really cool podcast. I'm joined by two giants in leadership, man. I'm excited to get feedback on on leadership and a program that we're a partner of. I have Jim Robinson here, buddy. Hey, welcome to the podcast, hey, sir. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me back. Always outstanding time with you. Let's do something today. Let's impact the world and change lives. Yes, I'm super excited. Uh, our very special guest today is Brian French. Uh, from Harmonic Learning. Hey, buddy, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Sean and Jim. Uh, great to be here with you. Outstanding. Yes, sir. Man, I'm excited because we're going to be hopping into a really cool topic. You know, we're going to talk about really learning a- about developing future leaders, which, you know, that's kind of the goal of leadership and, and overall is to really create new leaders. And and, and uh, I we're going to talk about certain, you know, a couple different ways of doing this and learn about you guys. But before we kind of get started, uh, if you guys, Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and harmonic learning? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Uh, well, I've been in the uh, leadership and management uh, training and coaching space for, uh, gosh, 30 plus years now. I'm, I'm dating myself. And uh, for much of that time, I led the uh, global leadership development programs at Verizon. Um, so I uh, I uh, had had everything from leadership and management training to the mentoring programs to the tuition assistance programs to uh, many of the things that we're going to be talking about today. And I decided to uh, leave Verizon at the end of 2016 to start my dream company of Harmonic Learning uh, so I could help clients around the world. And through Harmonic Learning, I offer leadership programs, executive coaching, teaming programs, and mindfulness programs as well. And, you know, many people ask me about the, the name of the company and why I call it Harmonic. And you can probably see in the uh, in my background here, uh, the instruments. And uh, I, I've been a musician my entire life and professional musician part of my adult life. And when I named the company, I decided to just combine my two loves of music and leadership development in the name. So I often use the analogy of music uh, within my programs. That is so cool. I love that analogy. Super powerful. Uh, Jim Robinson, for those who don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. President and CEO of CGP Maintenance Construction, founded the company uh, August 19th, 1985. Uh, we've employed uh, a few thousand people at this point. Had the opportunity to work with all types of verticals, different, different uh, verticals of business, and certainly different leadership content from various various walks of life different leaders in their own rights, in their own companies, um, author, NLP guy. Uh, I don't know what else you want to hear, but, I, you know, I got a long string of stuff. Coach, I'm a, you're definitely a coach, speaker. Speaker, business coach, uh, that's really been my passion. I, I say doing what I do is provided a means uh, to be able to do what I truly want to do and the Bible, you can figure out what you can figure out, but it's the greatest leadership book ever written. I go by that book, and it has taught me tremendous amounts of things, and serving others is the number one thing. That's why I walk this earth. I love that, man. Well, we got some powerhouse players here today. So we're going to be hopping in, talking about leadership, and specifically 
we, you know, we, Brian, we met you because of our partnership with Rithma, which is the Restaurant Facility Maintenance Association. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about the program there as we kind of get started and, and then we'll hop into leadership. Yeah, thank, thanks, Sean, uh, for the opportunity. Yeah, I've been working with uh, the RIFMA group uh, since uh, 2018, and we launched uh, the Leadership RIFMA program in 2019. After uh, meeting uh, Debbie Kinsel, who's now the executive director, at that point she was the uh, education director, and uh, Debbie and I worked together to create this uh, framework for the program that we were able to launch in 2019. So each year since that point, we've had a cohort of members from RIFMA go through the uh, program. Uh, it's an annual four-year uh, leadership development program. Members of the association participate. They uh, develop their leadership capabilities through learning workshops. Uh, we have both an in-class workshop at the conference, at the annual conference, but then also webinars throughout the year. And then we have reading assignments, self-reflection exercises, uh, team project activities where they we, we form project teams early in the year, and those teams work together throughout the year to learn from each other and about each other and to explore the content and explore the industry. Uh, so there's uh, a lot of great uh, partnering that, that occurs. And uh, under Debbie's leadership and now working with uh, Lindsay Rand uh, Randolph from the association, uh, it's continued to thrive. And uh, I always like to give a shout out to uh, Tracy Thompson, the former exec director of RIFMA, who was a strong champion to get the program started those first couple of years. And it's, it's, it's great because it brings restaurateurs and vendors together in the same forum. And they learn and grow from each other and make some wonderful contacts that last for years and years to come. Uh, so we are currently accepting applications for the 2023 program. So I always like to put that plug in. So make sure and visit the RIFMA website to apply. Outstanding. Uh, I know uh, now uh, Jim, CGP is a partner with RIFMA this year for leadership. And, you know, this is, it, it was really never happened before for RIFMA. And, I, you know, I know they approached us. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about like why you chose to partner up with them for leadership and, and kind of what your exposure, what was your thought process there? Well, leadership's always been a big critical component. I just got back from Ramsey's office. I was there all week. I got home yesterday. And leadership is a big thing for us. It's internally, that's really what we talk about. We talk about who we're going to impact, how we're going to change lives. Personal mission is, is to grow people through opportunities of education uh, and experiences. Because experiences open us, we can grow that way. And so it perfectly aligns with who I am at my core, who CGP is at their core, and so leadership is where it's at. We've got to make some more leaders. We know we don't have leadership in this country. We don't have it in states. It seems to be vote of um, popularity versus true leadership. We need to change some and impact some lives on that journey. This aligns really well with us. Awesome, man. I love uh, I love leadership. You know, often you're you know I use your words. It's where the juice is. You know, and it's rewarding. It's it is it's some of the most challenging things I think that uh, anyone can go through. But it but on the on the flip side of that, man, the reward is is worth every bit of effort that goes into learning and becoming a better leader. And you guys, in my opinion, we are probably in one of the most exciting times in history in this country in our lives. 
I don't think there's ever been really a more important time for leadership, as, as you kind of hinted to, Jim, and, and really defining what that is and teaching new leaders uh, and growing people to take that place and continue to lead that country and, and the rest of you know our industry in facility management, specifically in the service industry, leadership is is critical. Uh, and and we see it all day long uh, when it it doesn't work out <laughs> and, and and when he does. And so today I really kind of want to talk about that. Brian, one of the things I want to ask you is for you, what do you think really makes a good leader? Like how do you define that? Oh gosh. Well, you know, there's there's so many good leaders in the world. Um, but the the special leaders really stand out. And uh, you know, I, I did write I did write a book. Uh, I, I had so much content through the years that I created that I finally dawned on me. Uh, I could package this into a book and it ended up being a thick book, 350 pages. And actually I had to cut, cut quite a bit out. But in the subtitle of the book, I, I could say um, leading with inclusive, mindful caring. So harmonic leadership is leading with inclusive, mindful caring. And it's that inclusive, mindful caring part that makes a good leader. And it's this, the sub subtitle of the book is creating an environment where every person feels fully valued, fully motivated and fully cared for. Uh, so in my view, care is at the core of being a leader, caring for the others, caring for the group, caring for the work and caring for the self in equal balanced measure. And if we can do that, then we will definitely be uh, a good leader. And in my book and in the Leadership Rifma program, we examine those core capabilities of being a good leader. And these are the attributes of integrity, communication, business acumen inclusivity, uh, ethics, accountability, results focus, interpersonal skills, organizational skills, and courage. And these 10 items are the, I consider them the baselines of being considered a good leader. And they all speak to the concept of care. So if we care, we will strive to display these traits and it will positively show up in our leadership and positively show up in the world. Awesome. One thing I hear and I say, and I hear in in the circles I run in is when you're talking about leaders, you're like, man, that guy's all heart. He's all heart. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's uh, what you're saying is caring about, you know, other people and serving other people that's hand in hand and, and, and uh, having that type of leader, you know, that characteristic is important. Jim, for some, what do you, what do you think are some of the most critical characteristics of a great leader for you? Uh, much like Brian was talking about, I mean, the inclusivity, that's a critical component. People, they got to feel valued. You got to lead by example. They're going to follow you. If you're if you're the stated leader, they're going to follow you, good, bad, or otherwise. So you have to be very careful in that. But be the example. That's critical. Decisiveness is another imperative component to leadership. And deciding to to say no or deciding to say yes, that's critical that it becomes, it's quickly made. If you delay those decisions, they will also follow that and they'll delay. So decisiveness is really an important component. That's what we've taught for a very long time um, and consistency in how you deliver that. But always be that example because all eyes are on you, whether you're sitting in front of all of them or one of them or hearing something else you had done, that it's still an example and they're following you. Yeah. 
What, Jim, what do you think that successful leaders do differently? Uh, we're able to hide bodies when we need to kill them. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> kidding. Sorry. I'll throw that one in there, guys. Um, what we do different, I think, is, is when we take full responsibility and always accountable. Is that's one of the keys that I had to learn early on when I started business back when I was uh, 19, 20, was is I didn't do that. And so the hard lessons learned in that in that moment and those opportunities took me about two years to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but being super accountable for all things, because the blame and excuse show up very quickly. And so one of the biggest leadership things is is always accountability. I'm terrible at this at home, by the way, but you always accept full responsibility, <laughs> always, even if you're not guilty of something, just take full responsibility. So leadership, that's, that's really what it is, particularly when you're leading a team and you can sort through whatever the challenge is later, but full accountability. That's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not me is not one of those, uh, those standout leaders, right? The not, not me guy. Not me's been on the payroll from time to time. Currently, I'm proud to say not me is not on the payroll currently. That's right. Our teams are doing very well. <laughs> Brian, for you, what do you think makes a good leader stand out from the rest? Yeah, Sean, that's a great question. You know, I, I, tying this back to the previous question about what, what it takes to be a good leader. Um, you know, yeah. In my book, in the Leadership Prisma Program, we, we don't stop at good. Being a good leader is the baseline. We want to develop greatness. And, um, you know, it may help to, to share my definition of leadership and yeah, of please being do. a leader. So leadership is developing greatness in self and others by caring. And the definition of a leader is a caring person who is dedicated to creating greatness. And uh, early in the program, and I, I do this with all the leaders, not only in a leadership program, but in my executive coaching clients as well. I have a, a self-reflection activity that I have everyone do. It's called the portrait of a great leader, where I ask you to consider the best leader you've ever worked with. It can be somebody you worked for, somebody you worked with, somebody who you directly experienced. And think about what made them great. And then use words and drawings to create an, an illustration on paper of this person. And this, this visual creates this inspirational view of a leader who had a hugely positive impact on you. And that creates an aspirational view of what you can grow to become with the ultimate hope that at some point there could be someone who we have led who would choose us to be their portrait of a great leader to illustrate. And uh, we can each have that positive impact on others if, if we embrace it. That's pretty cool. And that sounds like a super powerful exercise. Yeah, it is. And we reflect yeah. on it throughout the year. It comes back up in conversation as, as the leaders grow throughout the year in the, in the program. Uh, we're often saying, you know, how, w- will this help you to become equipped to be that leader who someone else views as a great leader? As part of your your leadership and, and, and developing these programs, what do you think it is that what's the best way to really look at and develop future leaders uh, within an organization? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've touched on a lot of it today with uh, the work that you all do and that uh, Jim has spoken about in, in your company. With, within any leadership program, uh, self-reflection is a big piece because it's only through self-reflection that we can, uh, I call it holding up the mirror. And it's like the uh, two-sided mirror. Uh, we have the 1x view 
But leadership development is turning that mirror around where we have the magnified view, that 2x view. And we're seeing all the scars. We're seeing all, all of the imperfections. And we need to see that in our leadership so we can then get better. So I'm big on assessments. Uh, we have assessments uh, that are baked into the content that uh, have people go through throughout the year in uh, various the, the various chapters, the various sections of the book. And that way we can, we can have that mirror, the assessment, uh, constantly in view of saying, this is where I'm at now. This is, we'll reflect it back to that portrait of a great leader. How would that great leader be assessed in this assessment? Uh, how can I grow to get to that point where I'm considered that great leader? That's really cool. Yeah, I have one of those dang mirrors in my in my re- in my bathroom. My wife has that thing. I'll come in there and I'll be like, "Whoa, what the heck?" Yep. You know, it's kind of <laughs> scary, but it's that needed. experience is a lot. This is very similar. You know, <laughs> I was going through that. Yeah. Oh man, Jeb, for you, what do you? Uh, what are some of the most effective ways to develop future leaders in your organization? What are you finding? We do the same thing, similar. You know, to the same. You know. We've even you went through an exercise we did last year where I kind of take the leadership on a journey and highlight in a significant way those folks that have impacted your life. And I ask the team to go through and then we write everything out. You know, when did that coach, that school teacher, that minister, that person walking down the street, the impact they had during that moment, that literally that split second moment, and you write that feeling that you had. Because that's truly who we all have become. We've become that person that has impact us over those years. How many of those impacts? We there's hundreds. That's really who we all are. And so we, when I do leadership training, I take people on that journey. It takes a few hours. We go really deep. There's usually a lot of tears. There's a lot of memories that come up. There's an emotional attachment to the growth in that. And that's really what we. That's the journey we take. And we go on a discovery, and I've been through it many times, and I'm telling you how deep that gets, Uh, and the emotional attachment people grow to that when they go on that journey. You've been through it, Sean. It's intense. Yeah, it can be. It's intense, man. I remember getting down there, I'm like, and I'm wiped. (laughs) (laughs) You get home, and you're reading until the wife... Hey, how was your day? I have nothing left to offer you. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> it's I, a, I it's a heck of a journey, but there's, there's an attachment to that because that's truly who we've developed into is, a, yeah. is all of those great things that's happened in our life. That's who we are today. That was really cool. Yeah, those are, those are both very, very good exercises. And, and I love that because they, they dig deep into the core of who you are and who, who you know, surrounds you, who you want to be who you really are, even though you didn't know you were that person. Yeah. That's getting confusing. Yeah. All right. All right. So what a, we're going to take a commercial break here in just a moment, and we'll thank our sponsors. And, but before I do that, I, I, wanna lo- I would love to talk about succession planning because I think this is pretty important. I think it's key with leaders. We, we have to kind of look at the future. You know, we're, we're so focused on today and goals and what we're doing. And that's great, but I think succession planning is important. I think you guys would agree, but I want to ask Brian, why do you think it's essential to really have a succession plan in place for you? What would you, what would you think? What would, you, what would your recommendation be? Yeah, you know, this is a big topic, Sean. You know, succession planning is, is definitely needed in any size of organization. So uh, during my years at Verizon, uh, we had a, a very 
a very process-driven, intense, uh, and intensive uh, succession planning process where we, we had assessments uh, that leaders would do uh, with each of their team members, uh, basically the nine-box method, the nine-box talent development method, where we're able to signify where people are mapping within that nine box so we can, we can, we can discover those people who, who are the emerging leaders, who are the top talent within the, the, the organization. And then we would have calibration meetings with the other leaders within the organization who also know that particular leader through working together on projects and just departmental work to ensure that that it's not biased, to ensure that uh, collectively we view this leader as being emerging talent, as being top talent and ready, prepared to move on. Or if they're further down in the nine box, what can we do to better develop them in order to get up to that emerging talent and top talent? space. Uh, and then uh, at uh, Verizon, uh, I led the uh, top talent program for a number of years where we would have uh, people um, who are in those top two boxes of the nine box go through the top talent program to to develop them, to get them ready to make that next step up. And without having that view of who the next generation of leaders are, then an organization can find itself stuck. If somebody leaves for whatever reason, What's going to happen to fill mm. that void that was left from that uh, high performer who left? And we need to be prepared for that. So, yeah, it's extremely important. That's a super systematic approach. I love that. It's well planned. Uh, and absolutely, I mean, in, in every organization, you, you have people who are that, that superstar, you know, that the, the team player. And some things happen. They leave, they go, they move. And so what are you going to do? You're going to have to have a plan in place. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And then, Jim, when we come back, I want to get your take on this succession planning thing because I know it's, I know you're passionate about it as well. And uh, we'll hop into that. All right, we'll be right back. Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be talking about leadership and leadership programs. Uh, And I'm here with my good friend, Jim Robinson, and our special guest today, Brian French, uh, with harmonic learning. And we're talking about developing future leaders, you guys. And we just kind of covered, uh, covered a lot of ground already in the in, uh, first half of the show. We really talked about what it is to be a good leader, you know, what successful leaders do differently, and really talked about, you know, started to hop into succession and what that looks like in planning and, and, and how that rolls out. And Jim, I, I know this is a, a subject that is, you know, you're very interested in, you know, I know you spend a lot of time on thinking about success, succession planning. I want to kind of get your feedback for you. What are some of the, the critical considerations when planning for succession? 
Succession for me as a business owner has always been about how does the legacy continue? And the legacy is mm-hmm. the individual, not the entity. So the brand is not the legacy. Even though I have a company that will live for a long time beyond me, that's truly not the legacy. It's the people that are going to have the, be able to run it is the legacy for, for me. If you, if you take Walmart as the kind of the big example, if you will, Sam Walton, he, it's not ran like what he had, but he certainly had a succession plan. He developed leaders, and those leaders will run it in a very different way. And so people that were appointing as the succession plan maybe diminish my ownership at some point gradually, and then I go away. I'd like the, the succession plan for us to be that the folks on the team are the ones that get to own CGP um, beyond. That would be the ideal scenario for me. That's what I started when I was 20, was developing leaders that would want to stick with us. We have some folks been with us 26, 27 years at this point. And so that's really the succession plan that we've always targeted. And uh, that is the intent. Develop the leaders that want to do that. But the leaders are the legacy for me and that they carry on what, what we've built and what we've created, impacting lives, creating more leaders. And like John Maxwell says, you know, his whole program is equip. And who are you equipping, you know, to make the next leader? And that's really what we've developed here. So we'll continue with that model. I think it's been great. We've created a lot of leaders and some have moved on and created other companies and some other things. But that legacy for me will live on forever because those are folks we've created as leaders. Nice. Outstanding. Brian, for you and your experience, what are some of the benefits of having of a succession plan? I mean, it seem, to me, it seems like a no-brainer, but it, not everyone does have this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but so w- what are the real benefits here for a leader and, with a very planned succession? Uh, ahead yeah, of- and it really shows uh, in the organizations that don't have succession planning because they're the ones that are in reaction mode so often uh, when somebody does leave. And and then they're scrambling to get back and, and gain the traction that they had under that previous leader. So the succession planning, you know, the, the huge benefit for the organization, obviously, is continuity. If that person leaves, uh, the, the traction will continue. The, the strength of the organization that that leader that's stepping into this new role uh, will, will not degrade any through that transition. The benefit for mm-hmm. the, the person themselves that has been named as the succession person it it allows them the focus of developing and preparing. It allows that leader currently in the role to spend additional time developing that person, the known person that will take the reins uh, once it's time, once the other leader leaves for whatever reason. Uh, so the, the development of this new leader is even more focused, more directed in, in order to better prepare them. And it also just takes out a lot of the question marks because, uh, especially in larger organizations, you have a lot of jockeying for position. Uh, if there's a sense that that uh, leader who's currently in the role will lead, there can be a lot of, frankly, fighting and backstabbing, which is obviously unhealthy, sure. dysfunctional for the organization. So it negates that as well. And uh, of course, the flip side to this is if there is a known succession person in place, other leaders who are very driven, they may choose to go to other parts of the organization or to other organizations where they could have the opportunity to move into that role. So that's the balance that uh, as organizational leaders, we need to 
to recognize and plan for that uh, even though the the rest of the team may not be in line to succeed for the succession plan in that part of the organization, let's prepare them for other parts of the organization through what are often called developmental assignments, where they go to another part of the business to learn that part of the business, to better prepare them to be an overall leader in the company um, at at some point in some other part of the company. Okay, so we're talking about leadership development and, and, and succession planning, but you got to actually develop leaders <laughs> if you want that to work. So I want to hop into a, a leadership development program. So Brian, I want to ask you, we'll start with you. How do you create a leadership development program? Oh, what yeah. Big, big question, uh, Sean. You know, I've uh, developed so many programs through the years, uh, uh, both at Verizon and before that I was in the uh, career and technical education space. So I developed leadership programs there. And then after uh, leaving Verizon and working with clients, I've developed uh, a number of leadership development programs for various clients, uh, uh, including Leadership uh, RIFMA, which we're uh, focusing on today. And for, you know, the, the common theme on any leadership program is taking a look at where the leaders in the organization currently are, looking at where we, the organization, need them to be, and then closing the gap, uh, developing, designing the program where it, it closes that gap. So at the end of the program, they are as close as possible to where they need to be in order to succeed, to grow, to uh, be the future leaders of the organization. So uh, there's a huge assessment piece in this where we have to take a look at where those leaders currently are. And then, uh, and then the design piece is designing how to get them to that next level where they need to be. I, I've gotten to the point now where I will not work with clients on a single day class because that's it's old mm. school and it doesn't have the stickiness. Uh, it doesn't have the long-lasting effect. Uh, it can be a good experience. People can come into that, that one-day event. They can gain some knowledge, but there's not going to be behavior change. So I've gotten to the point in my uh, business where I will only work with companies who are willing to invest in a longer-form program. My model is the full-year program where it's not just classes, but it has those other components. And it has coaching components as well, where I'm working with the, the leaders individually, uh, not just in the group setting, not just in the project team setting, but working with leaders individually as well. Uh, so, so we know at the end of that program, they have had the full opportunity to absorb the content to where they're not just mimicking the, the state of the leadership skills that we've been talking about, but it's formed into lasting traits where it's embedded in the behavior now. And uh, that's the, in, in my view, that's the only way that they can then successfully grow and take those higher level roles. Nice. Well, Jim, we were talking about earlier of how you embed leadership in people. <laughs> the size 10 boot. <laughs> I like no, I'm just simple. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I, what I love about Jim is he's been through so many different leadership programs. He has a, a wide uh, a, a breadth of knowledge uh, and on these programs. Jim, for you, what do you think is one of the most important elements uh, that you've seen that makes a successful program work? In a small business, there's two components. Uh, in the larger businesses, you have a primary component, which is the analytics side. In the smaller business, when you have smaller groups of people, the relationship side of that is a really, really big component because if you have buyers that are used to buying from Mary and Mary is gone, 
who's filling Mary's shoes. There, there's got to be a development of relationship prior to Mary leaving. And so in our, in, uh, in our groups, we focus on that. We talk about the analytics, of course, of what they got to do and how they rise into that leadership role. And then we dig deep into the relationship building. And so much as as we start pairing them up mm. early on with clients and we see and we monitor those interactions, we keep our eyes on that to see how they're doing, how the client is responding, of course, but how, how our leader is interacting, how they're engaging. They have to be engaging, but they also have to be able to share the analytics. So we've got to have have done a good job, you know, explaining the data part of that, checking the box, making sure they fill those shoes. But in the small business side, the relationship is a dominant piece of that. So that's the succession plan for like a project manager, construction manager, uh, a project coordinator, those levels. They definitely have to have that relationship component of the leadership to fall into a succession to be the next person in line. Nice. What, what do you think is the most, the biggest benefit of, of having a, a leadership program that's ran like that for you? Well, the benefit, well, it's so self-serving because it's, uh, it's the mirror. <laughs> I get to say, geez, yeah. we built another leader. Look at this. Johnny's up. Mary's just went out the door. This is outstanding. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> that's what I say. You know, the, having companies over the years has provided me a platform to be able to develop those leaders that have either stayed and done amazing things or have gone on and done amazing things somewhere else. It's building those leaders is the target and the focus, not keeping all of them. Good Lord, we've developed a lot of leaders. What would I do with thousands of leaders sitting around the office? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit them on a bench and uh, turn the red light on and they run in another emergency. So I, I think that uh, I think that's critical that we just, we develop leaders. It's, it's a calling. It's not a privilege to do it. It's a responsibility. Uh, you, you hear me regularly say there's a moral responsibility to give the gifts that you've been given. And if you have leadership gifts, you got an obligation to share those and build more leaders. And so that's, that's how I see it. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. Love that. Brian, for you, and, and we're looking at leadership programs, how does uh, an organization, how do they continue to constantly and continuously improve that leadership program over time. Yeah, you know, I, I love what Jim was saying, uh, the, the responsibility, and we speak to that a lot in, in our program as well and in the Leadership RIFMA program that we're focusing on today. And uh, we spend a lot of time considering our leadership legacy and what how we will be remembered as a leader to those who we have had the privilege of leading. And uh, to the point Jim was making, one of the biggest uh, responsibilities of a leader is to prepare the next generation of leaders. And it, it's great to hear in your organization that you are fully knowledgeable and 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 open and embracing of the fact that they could grow, uh, could outgrow you and choose to move someplace else. Because uh, I've worked with a lot of leaders who, for whatever reason, have felt stuck in their current role. They've grown as much as they can grow. They don't have additional opportunity. And eventually they will get stale. They will get demotivated. And it's uh, sad to see when that happens. So uh, we, we in, in the space that I'm in, in the leadership development space, either within a company or as I do uh, consult uh, and, and coach in other companies now, 
we're always looking for what I call the next mountain to climb. Uh, we're helping people to gain the skills and knowledge to climb up to the mountain that they're currently working on um, overcoming. And once they get to the top of that current mountain, what are we going to do next? We need to give them another mountain because we can't expect them to sit there at the mountaintop for a long period of time and be happy. They, they want a new challenge. So what can we do for that, for that next challenge? Uh, so getting back to the core of the question is you have a leadership development program. People are going through the program. After they go through the program, what's next? What's their next mountain mm. to climb where they're going to need to develop even, even more skill, uh, knowledge and ability in order to climb that new challenge that uh, they have the opportunity? And, and that's a way to keep them motivated, always in climbing mode. So it's a matter of, of, of having follow-up programs, of having next-level programs, of, of asking that leader who graduated out of one program to come back and serve as a mentor for those who are currently going through the program to, to share the knowledge. So number of ways to, to refresh programs to keep them uh, current, but, but always thinking about what's the next mountain to climb. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you're both, and, and you, the people we work with, the leaders, they are climbers. They they love challenge, and, and the more the better. Bring it on, you know. And so I, 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 that's a great analogy. As we wrap up here, I want to both ask you a couple couple questions, specifically on on leadership programs. If in kind of both the same question, see see if you guys you know what answer is. What is for you? If you could give one piece of advice on a leadership program, what would that be for people who are looking to develop? Jim, I'll start with you, buddy. So the one key that what? Ask that question again. Okay, sure. So the one key uh, factor or the one thing that you would, piece of advice you would give for people who are looking to develop a leadership program, uh, what would you tell them about that program? What would the one thing be that you want them to take away from today? Uh, well, I would preface that with what what is their level of play currently? So education is always the magic recipe in that. And if, like, I've been in business 37 years, but what I learned 37 years ago impacted me to get to year two, not to year 37. So year 37 is very diverse and very different, and you got to stay current. And the only way to do that is to engage in other programs. You've got to take leadership classes, courses. Your circles of influence must be in that leadership focus. If you're hanging out with folks that are not in that role, you're in the wrong circle. So classes, courses, like I mentioned earlier, I just got back from Ramsey's office. I was down there for four days. Hanging out with all leaders. There were 45 in our group. That's a lot of leaders. And this is from groups that are $1 million companies to $180 million a year companies. That's leadership. There's a lot of power in that. So being able to continually education, be in the right circles, that's critical. Probably the easiest components to tell you. If you're developing into leadership, you've got to continue the education specifically in leadership uh, with programs that Brian's teaching, align well with uh, uh, other leaders, align with uh, leaders that are running companies that may employ you, align in their circles, uh, but by all means, continue the education specifically in a curriculum that has a syllabus that you're really following a certain criteria and there's accountability and checkpoints, but never stop. I'm 57. I'm never going to stop getting more and more education in a leadership space. John Maxwell 
had the pleasure of being with him before and many other folks in that space, that's really where my, my tools come from. So you got to align in that space, align with leaders and align with curriculum that would continue to grow you. Get that right circle, man. You know, watch the circle. What is it? They say you're, you're made up of the, the five the five most influential people in your circle. That's you. Yeah. That's great advice. Okay. So Brian, for you, similar question, you know, from today, if someone's considering a leadership program, what do you need to tell them? Yeah, another big question. I love Jim's answer, you know, keeping <laughs> that, uh, keeping that uh, growth mindset. And, and Jim, I, I'm one year ahead of you. I'm 58. <laughs> and I, I tell people I'm, I'm still in learning mode. Yes. yes, I spend my life teaching yeah. others, but I spend every day learning as well. We, we all must have that growth mindset and be in continual lifelong learning mode. And, uh, you know, even, even today, uh, what I'm reading is, is giving me new thoughts, new ideas that I can then use to help others. So, you know, I think when I work with clients who are, who are, who have not had any leadership uh, development within their organization and they're wanting to bring it in, there's, there's a process that we go through where we consider the culture, where we consider, as I said, where the leaders are currently at with their knowledge, skills, and abilities, where they need to be, and then building the program around that. Uh, with, with my content, I made it very flexible and very applicable to every level of leader. Because at its core, good leadership is good leadership, regardless of where you're sitting in the organization. Yeah, it's nuanced. There are different flavors, different skills that are needed, different knowledge that's needed, but good leadership is good leadership. And if we base it on, in, in my work, the concept of care, it's going to translate to any level of, of leader. Uh, so we go through a process of, of figuring out the, what the nuance is for the various levels of leaders within the organization. But I also like to stress to people that one size does not fit all. We each are individuals and we each have individual needs. So part of the process is figuring out where you know, one leader in your organization may have done a lot of outside development work or at a previous company, they had gone through a lot of programs uh, so their their baseline is higher than a leader who has not experienced uh, anything before. So how can we create that that model where they can come into the program and we can create that level playing field for everybody very inclusively so that every leader in the organization has the opportunity to grow and to shine and to thrive? Cool. All right. Well, that's it. We're out of time. We did it. We went through the whole thing. It, it's crazy how fast it goes. And I will tell you, you, know, you guys talk about the circle and, and, and surrounding yourself with great people and great leaders and continue that growth mindset. Selfishly, this podcast does so much mm -hmm. of that for me. And so I'm so grateful to be able to have it and have the opportunity and have you guys on and learn uh, about leadership and developing that. So thank you. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. I'm excited to. See everyone at Rifma, Brian. You're going to be there. At oh Rifma, yeah, right? we we have our uh, okay. we have our day and a half workshop for the leadership Rifma class of 2023, and then the the cohort from 2022 will be leading a, a concurrent session where we have roundtable discussions about uh, the leadership trends or the industry trends project that they had done, where they examine what's happening in the industry and apply leadership to create ideas and uh, generate ideas on how to address that industry trend. So I invite everybody to, uh, to visit cool. us there. Yeah, that's going to be cool. We'll definitely be there. Jim will be there. It's going to be a great time. For those who do not know, rfmaonline.com, go check it out. You can sign up to be a leader. 
go through Brian's course, check it out. We got to, we got to, uh, we got to wrap up, but thank you guys so much for being on the show. I'm excited to see you there. Uh, for those who are listening on your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you for that. Hit the like button, hit the little bell for notifications so you can get updates and learn amazing content from Brian and from Jim. And, and we'd love being able to share this with you. So thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. And have a great day. We'll see you there. Outstanding. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's been great. Take care.